ready for tomorrow's news today. You're listening to Speak Life with Marty Lee. Welcome to Speak Life. This is going to be a great show. Thank you so much for being with with us here now. And um, it's going to be a great show. It's filled with revelation and inspiration. And uh, my name is Marty Layton, and I'm ordained as a prophet, and I believe in the ministry of God's true prophets. You know, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 talks about the fivefold ministry gifts or, or the grace gifts of Jesus Christ. You know, it says, uh, when he or when Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he himself gave gifts to men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then he goes on to say why he gave those gifts, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And just like the calling of an evangelist is to to get you to recognize the Great Commission, uh, that it's a call for every believer, and uh, the calling of the pastor is to get you to begin to help lead and shepherd and encourage the sheep and 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 uh, you know the teacher's calling is to get you to rightly divide the word of truth and to study to show yourself approved. You know, prophets are called to encourage you that you too can hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. You know, Apostle Paul wrote in First uh, Corinthians fourteen, "You may all prophesy." Amen. And so Jesus said, "Man cannot live by bread alone." You know, when I think of the term bread alone. Uh, what Jesus, I believe, is saying is there would be something already created. Uh, all the ingredients are put together, mixed up, baked together, sliced, and served. You know, I relate that to uh, prepared messages that others have preached or prepared. Uh, and we all need to listen to them to keep ourselves built up in our faith and, and strengthened. But Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. Uh, you know, you need more and more of that every day. Uh, but you also need more than that. Uh, it says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. In other words, you have to be in a place of being able to hear the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Father. And that's part of the calling of the office of the prophet. And it's that simple. This is a part of the building up, the activating, the maturing of the body of Christ and I believe that every believer is called to be prophetic. You may all prophesy, it says. So every believer is called to be prophetic. And Jesus said, you gotta, you got to be able to live by the preceding word that comes out of the mouth of the Father. Amen. Uh, so the prophet's ministry is actually very similar to John the Baptist, uh, to pre- prepare the way for the coming of the Lord and make his path straight. Uh, and, and that is part of what we do here at Speak Life. Uh, so I want to welcome you again to Speak Life. It's going to be a great uh, show. I, I woke early this morning, uh, woke up early and prayed just like I do every day. And, you know, I withdraw and I pray two to three times a day. I pray over our family. I pray over our ministry. I, I pray over our friends. I pray over our nation. I pray over you. I pray over your families. Amen. Uh, but this morning I woke up and I began praying through on some things that the Lord spoke to me about. And I want to encourage you, God is on the move in the nations of the earth, and God is on the move in America the beautiful. There is a spiritual war going on right now, spiritual warfare uh, between the powers of darkness and the kingdom of God. Uh, But thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. He'll always give you the victory. Uh, But supernatural intervention is what the Lord spoke to me. Supernatural intervention from the Lord of hosts is about to be seen. The powers of hell are trembling at the arising of the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia. And we've talked at length about that in in days past, but that word ecclesia means uh, the called out ones. Um, That was a term that Caesar used to to describe a council of, of called out ones that he would send out into the uh, highways and the byways to create uh, every, it caused everything to look like Rome. And so they would go um, take over cities, essentially, for Rome and change everything they did in that city to be uh, in alignment and in order with everything in Rome. And so these were not just ones who were called out to be governors and rulers of regions, but they were also some of the greatest warriors out there. 
And, uh, and so they had to be able to war to be able to possess those territories and take them and turn them into Rome. And so Jesus used that very same term, the ecclesia. And he said, uh, I will build my ecclesia, my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So God expects us to be those who go out and uh, make his will known in the earth and establish his kingdom. Jesus said, let my kingdom come uh, and uh, God, let your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That's literally the definition of the, of the call of the ecclesia. And so I believe we are in a spiritual war between the powers of hell and the powers of, uh, of the kingdom of God, the, the church, the ecclesia. And the powers of darkness are, are truly uh, in fear and trembling at the, uh, at the uh, uh, arising of the ecclesia. And God is working with his church to establish his will on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, this isn't the first time in history that the devil has tried to threaten, intimidate the people, or intimidate the people of God. In uh, Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, they were being threatened by the government of their day, and they tried to censor their speech. And Peter said, Behold their threatenings, Lord, and now grant us greater grace so that we may even speak even more boldly. And after he prayed uh, that prayer, and after he made those decrees, the Bible says that there was an earthquake, and suddenly more people were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like the Spirit of God moved on his prayer, and there was a physical manifestation in the earth of the Spirit of God moving in power. He began to shake the place. I believe we're in a time of shaking, and things are starting to shake. And that when I say divine intervention is about to happen, you're going to start seeing it. And uh, there'll be lots of signs that the Spirit of God is moving and uh, he's answering the prayers of his people. Amen. Uh, God is about to do even more than just an earthquake and uh, a shaking of things in this hour. Uh, I believe what looks like it is firmly established, even after a year, uh, it's about to be shaken by the hand of God himself, the Spirit of God. And God's people, the ecclesia, uh, the, we're praying with dominion authority now, as we've already been assured the victory through Jesus Christ. You know, the other thing the Lord showed me was that Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, is roaring over America, the beautiful, and over the nations of the earth. So let me say that again. Uh, Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, that's one of the titles that Jesus carries, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Uh, as I was praying this morning, I saw a vision and I could hear it, uh, with my spiritual ear, Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, roaring with a, a loud, long roar over America the beautiful and over the nations of the earth. And I heard this scripture from Amos chapter 3 in my, in my spirit at the same time. Amos 3 and verse 7, it says, Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And then verse 8 says, A lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? And so uh, it equates uh, the lion's roar with the prophetic voice of God going forth into the earth and bringing fear into the camp of the enemy. You know, the lion of Judah is roaring. Uh, in Africa, lions are, are loose in their natural habitat. And when the sun begins to set, you start hearing roaring. Uh, all these little distant faint roars, and then you hear an earth-shattering roar. You know, the first roar is the roar of the rogue lions. Uh, a rogue lion is one who's gotten old, lost his teeth, and he roams around like a predator, uh, roaring and looking for stragglers who didn't stay close to the pride. And when he catches one, uh, roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour, when he catches one, he pounces on that straggler, and the sheer force of his jaws clamp down, and he gums that straggler to death. But the second roar that you hear, that earth-shattering roar, uh, that's the, the roar of the alpha lion, the head of the pride. And his earth-shattering roar is to make an announcement uh, for miles around, this is my pride. You stay away, or I will destroy you, and I will devour you. 
Now think about that. In this vision that I saw and, and heard this morning, I heard the sound of a fearsome roar going out over America the beautiful and then echoing through the nations. The Lord is speaking so powerfully right now. Powerful prophetic secrets are being released, and the enemies of God are trembling in fear. A lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy? And so I want to encourage you, don't be a straggler right now. Stay close to the pride. Stay plugged in. Don't let the the, uh, lockdown uh, division strategies of the enemy uh, separate you to become a straggler. Drawing closer than ever before to the uh, to the camp that God's connect you to, connected you to. Be bold, uh, because the Lord of hosts is fighting for us. Amen? You know, uh, Jeremiah 20, in verse 11, it says, The dread warrior, the Lord of hosts, is on your battlefield and on your side and fighting for you. Think about that. The dread warrior. Uh, the one that the enemy dreads to see come to the battlefield because he knows that he's lost immediately. You know, God always lets the odds look almost impossible, and then he shows up and he destroys his enemies. It's throughout Scripture. You know, I heard the roar this morning, and you know, actually I still hear it in my spirit, echoing and resounding in my spirit. But I hear the, the Spirit of the Lord saying, get ready to see miracle reversals and divine intervention turnarounds. Miracle reversals and divine intervention turnarounds. Amen? Well, I want to welcome you tonight uh, uh, to Speak Life, and, uh, and I want to welcome tonight to the show my spiritual father in the Lord, uh, known as the father of the modern-day prophetic movement, uh, my dad in the Lord, Bishop Bill Hammond. So welcome, Bishop. So glad that you're here with us today, and uh, welcome to the Speak Life show. Hey, man, it's a joy to be here. I always love to be with you. You're, you're one of my favorite sons in the in the glory in the kingdom. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Bishop. You know, <clears throat> I've been a part, speaking of that, I've been a part of, of uh, your ministry since 1986. I went and was checking back. My first conference was 1986, and I am privileged. I'm privileged to call you my spiritual father, my papa. And, uh, you know, but you are a father to many in the modern prophetic ministry today. And can you just take a minute and introduce yourself to this audience and tell us about Christian International? Well, I started Christian International in 1968. It was started out as undergraduate and graduate Bible college. I built the whole college. We had thousands of students around the world. And then we started extension colleges where people could start their own Bible college in their church and on and on. But then, but my mind calling all the time was that of a prophet. And so when the prophetic ministry became heavier and heavier, 1973, I had a divine visitation where God released the prophetic flow through me endlessly. And since that time, I prophesied to 75,000 individuals from kings of nations and presidents and babes in arms. And, um, we have trained over half a million people in the prophetic, and um, I've written three, four books on it, plus 15 books altogether on restoration, and uh, traveled over 70 nations doing this. And I started prophesying, uh, well, I started giving tongues and interpretation of tongues in my Assembly of God church when I was 18 years old. And wow. that was many, 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 many moons ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm in my 68th year of ministry and 87 years of living. And I'm planning on preaching until I'm 95 plus uh, and then decide whether I go on or go up. <laughs> but uh, we're pressing on. But we're going to keep busy and activating saints. And the main thing that my ministry has been is God, uh, there's an old prophet prophesied to me in 1984. Uh, he was 60 something and I was 40 something then. And he says, Bill Hammond, in five years, there's going to be a move of God at your place that's going to change the face of the church and affect the church around the world. Well, that was four years later, we had the prophetic movement birth yes. and um, that birth, that prophetic movement. And we should have been starting training, <laughs> equipping people. And I wrote the three books from prophets and personal prophecy, prophets and the prophetic movement to describe what the prophetic movement restored that the other restoration movements didn't. 
and then I wrote the book on, well, this is the first one. You've, you've taught on this one a lot and yes. read it a lot. Then the one on, this was um, uh, Prophet's, um, now the, the prophetic movement is the second one. And then the pitfalls one, I redid that one. I actually put my picture on it so it would be more anointed. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this, uh, this covers the, I updated this and then added to it. And this is Prophet's <clears throat> Pitfalls to Avoid and principles to practice and this is a book the most complete book on the prophetic ever written anywhere yeah. you can find it available anywhere and with the other two man it, it gives a complete in fact this has 19 questions and answers in the back the most crucial and technical questions people ask about the prophetic and so ask them and answer the questions and and this this has been my life and ministry now for the last 40 years yeah prophetic you know it's so powerful so powerful, Bishop. And, uh, you know, some people just don't know prophets exist still, you know. And uh, Jesus said, uh, Elijah has come, uh, but will yet still come. And uh, right. can you help some people understand why Why does God still have prophets in the church today? Okay. Well, as you know, originally, uh, Jesus, Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 15, says, after Jesus ascended on high, he led men, he led captives captive, gave gifts to men. And yes. he gave some to be apostles. And I use a hand with apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And these five represent the full, complete headship ministry of Jesus Christ. Yes. And so what Jesus did is took all of his ministry to the church and he divided them five categories, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And they were given a specific commission. And in verse 12, it says, he gave these five, I mean, Ephesians 4, 12, 11, he said, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, and one translation said, for the saints as members of the body of Christ into their membership ministry, so God would have a whole body, a complete man with every member functioning. And he mm -hmm. said, and, and these fivefold ministries will continue functioning until, now that word until is very important, until we all come to unity of faith, knowledge of the Son of God, unto a mature, perfect man, which is under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So how long is a fivefold five, five to function? To the church reaches maturity and fulfillment of all things. But during the 1700s and 1800s, evangelical and holiness movement, uh, they did, the people, the evangelical and holiness preachers didn't know what to do with uh, Muhammad saying he's a prophet and Joseph mm. Smith saying he's a prophet and yeah. then the Pope being the apostle of apostles so they didn't know so they just said well Ephesians 2.19 says apostles were built the, were the foundation of the church laid the foundation of the church and therefore after the church was built and the Bible was written there was no longer needed the apostles and prophets so they were discontinued and mm. so they call them dispensationally depleted and yeah. so they took them out. They said they're no longer active in the church. And up till 1948, 99% of all Protestant churches did not believe there were present-day apostles and prophets mm. in the church because that doctrine started being taught and, and everybody else that come after them accepted that. Mm. But in 1948, there was a restoration move of God and God brought revelation to some ministers that the apostles and prophets are still in the church. They've had five, and they were to remain there. Man took them out, but God never did. So Ooh. there had to be a move of God to restore the prophet and the apostle back into the church. In other words, those that are listening, if they, if, prior to 1948, remember, 99% of the church did not believe apostles and prophets. That's Pentecostals, Evangelicals, Baptists, men, all, none of them believed there were present-day apostles and prophets. So... When we started teaching and training people in the prophetic, we had to do one of our big battles was people said, you claim to be a prophet. And, you know, and I, I said, yes. He said, you, you call yourself a prophet? I said, yes. You call yourself a pastor? <laughs> he just gave five. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. These yeah. five are the full representative <clears throat> headship ministry of Jesus Christ. So it had to be a move of God. So we had the prophetic movement in the 1980s and apostolic in the 1990s to emphasize the apostle. And now they're back in the church and they've been functioning for these last uh, 20 years. And then we had the saints movement 
2007, and which I knew after all five were restored, that then we could have a saints movement because the five could equip the saints. Because yes. every saint, in fact, Paul calls the church the body of Christ. Yes. And in First Corinthians 12, he says, every, every the human body has members, and every member has a function. And so he said, that so is the body of Christ. It's one body, but many members, but every member has a function. If you're a child of God, a member of the body of Christ, you have a calling, you have an anointing, and you have a function, and you have something that can drip. You may just be one little cell, not a whole hand, but you're a part and you're alive. And But you're not taught that. You're, you're taught to come to church. Be good, pay your tithes, be faithful, support the church, help the preacher look successful, and be good till Jesus comes and hang on the rapture, going to take you to heaven. Yeah. Hey, the church is here on purpose. Hallelujah. Yes. And so, you know, and, and you've had that and taught that for years, too. Yes. Well, uh, Amos 3 7, it says, God does nothing uh, except he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And oh, Ephesians right. 3 5, uh, where it says, uh, it's now revealed. Uh, by his spirit to his holy apostles and prophets as God's secrets. And so I think that new book that you have out uh, on prophets and uh, pitfalls and the prophetic movement kind of all combined, it, it gives people a, uh, you know, some, some guidelines to live by uh, and to, yes. to walk with the prophetic. And, you know, uh, I believe we've come to a, to a, uh, a time of like possessing, uh, Canaan land. Uh, we've crossed yeah. over the Jordan. We're right at Jericho or maybe even just past Jericho. But the warfare, I believe, has intensified quite a bit and uh, getting stronger every day. And so, uh, you know, I believe in prophets. I believe there's a lot of people out there that, uh, you know, especially after hearing what you just uh, define, how you just defined it, uh, there's prophets, I think, isn't it uh, like 480 times in the New Testament alone, uh, the word prophet and the word pastor is only in there one time. Uh, you know, I think there's a, a greater revelation still emerging uh, on prophets and, and our need for that. But, you know, I kind of want to touch, touch on some of the controversial stuff uh, because people are, are still sh- scratching their heads and, and not sure what to believe about where we are and do we believe the prophets now or do we not believe the prophets? And, you know, so many prophets, including myself, prophesied about President Trump winning this election and uh, and then uh, President Trump getting a second term. Uh, and so uh, that's a very controversial thing out there right now, even still, and people don't know which side uh, to choose and what what to understand about that. And so uh, maybe uh, with your many, many years of great wisdom, uh, yeah. you can help us to uh, to navigate through some of that. What 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 do you say about that? Well, you know, Marty, the, the, the problem with the church is most people don't know much about prophecy. And the only thing Pentecostals and evangelicals know about prophecy, they've read in Deuteronomy where it says, if it comes to pass, it's God. And if it's not, it's not God. So they just say, well, if it didn't come to pass, it's not God. So they throw the whole baby out with the bathwater. They throw yeah. the whole thing out. And um, but, but that's just one small part of proving prophets and personal prophecy. Uh, there are yes. so many factors and so many uh, facets to personal prophecy. Uh, there are stories in the Bible of, of a true personal prophecy that God told a man to go prophesy, and it didn't come to pass. Yes. God told Jonah, go prophesy to Nineveh and tell them 40 days and 40 nights, you're going to be crispy critters. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to burn you. I'm going to destroy you. You're, you're dead meat, you know? And he, he yeah. gave no out. He said, 40 days, 40 nights, 40 days. 40. He went through the whole city one day for a day after day, crying out. And they got to the king and the king believed it. Now, these are heathen, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're the enemies of Israel. And, yeah, I, and these are. I read somewhere that uh, even in Nineveh they would uh, they would skin the preachers alive, and so Jonah, although he's uh, uh, pictured as a bad guy, he was just afraid to go out there and do that because he could have been skinned alive himself. Is that right? Oh yeah, and he, and he said he was afraid God would change his mind if they repented. <laughs> yes, and the amazing thing is these Assyri- Assyrians 
who were terrible enemies of Israel and cruel, yes. hard, mean, wicked people, they actually believed the prophet. Now, they did wow. better than some of the Israelites. Israelites didn't believe the prophets already. Mm. Jeremiah prophesied all of his life. They never would believe him. I remember mm. one place, Jeremiah, they said, Jeremiah, go get us the word of the Lord. Said he went 10 days, sought the Lord, came back and gave him the word. And said, oh, we don't believe that. I, yeah. if I would just give my full ministry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> being a prophet, so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But uh, but he prophesied it was going to happen, and they repented. Then sackcloth and ashes, they, they, had, they made the animals fast. Everybody fasted, prayed, and saw it and said, Oh, most high God, whoever you are, have mercy. And God changed his mind. And Jonah went up to watch it. He said, I'm going to check and see what you're going to do, God. And he went up and God built a little gourd over top of him, a little shade, and then knocked it out. His head was burning. He's complaining. He said, you're complaining about your shade. You're not worried about 120,000 souls down there. you know." But he gave a true prophecy, but it didn't come to pass. So wow. today, today, all these critics would accuse Jonah of being a false prophet. And yeah. I imagine Israel was excited when they heard that Jonah had prophesied that the Assyrians and Nineveh was going to be destroyed in 40 mm -hmm. days and 40 nights. They were shouting, hallelujah, thank you, God, you're killing our enemies. You're going to destroy them. And it didn't happen. Then there's mad at Jonah. Jonah, we got excited. We, we, we thought he, he, God was going to, and that you lied to us. You followed us. It didn't happen. You know, yeah. and, and, and God didn't announce to the world he changed his mind. See, I mean, and, and God wasn't worried about Jonah's reputation. Jonah was. He ran from God. And mm -hmm. so, there, there's, I mean, I, that's just one small part about yeah. it. There's so many things. Uh, whatever it takes to fulfill a prophetic promise, same thing it takes to fulfill a, a biblical Logos promise. The promises in the Word of God all require faith, obedience, uh, and receiving, and walking in it. And the same thing is true with the prophetic promises. They're not just automatically going to happen necessarily because it was spoken. We have to receive it, believe it, and walk into it. Now, some it, things God just does. There's what we call sovereign, unconditional prophecies, and then personal, conditional prophecies. Now, God spoke about to, to Daniel in the next hundreds of years, there's going to be four great empires arise, and, uh, and, and they're going to be this and that. And it's described by this giant with a gold head and, and, and bronze right on down. And that had nothing to do with anybody praying, believing, interceding. It was going to happen over the next. And they said, then the Messiah will come in this fourth, fourth uh, empire that comes in. And God will build a kingdom and all that. But th those are unconditional. The second coming is unconditional. God's coming. Mm. I don't care what happened. He's going to come. But there are all the rest are conditional prophecies. Most all prophecies in the Old Testament is conditional. I yes, mean, man can do it, obey it or not. And so people don't realize all personal prophecies conditional, whether conditions are put on it or not. I agree. You've, you've seen that in your life, other people's lives. You've been <laughs> for many years now, and you've known it, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that uh, uh, there's even more example in Scripture uh, that you have to do something with your prophecy. You have to, right. you know, uh, Joseph interpreted uh, Pharaoh's dream, the seven fat cows and the seven skinny cows, and the seven skinny cows in right. the dream ate the fat cows. And so Joseph saw that as an opportunity uh, from the Lord to take that prophetic word and do something about it. And instead yeah. of the seven uh, years of famine devouring the seven, uh, lean, uh, seven fat years, he prepared for the seven uh, uh, years of famine in those uh, fat years so that the fat cows ended up eating the skinny cows, so to speak. And so... Yeah. And we his, have to do something wisdom, with our prophecy. Right. That's the reason the second, uh, uh, second Timothy uh, one or four, four, what is it, four fourteen said no, uh, four eighteen one eighteen second Timothy one one eighteen war a good yeah. warfare, yeah. war a good warfare by the prophecies come over you. You got to confess them. You got to decree them. Just like well, if you're believing for healing, and you go for healing. They lay hands yes. on you. They lay hands on you, and you don't walk away healed. You don't give up. You just start confessing. I'm healed. I had hands laid upon me. I was prayed for. I'm healed. And I decree it. And you hang on to that word, and it begins to activate it. And finally, you see a manifestation of it. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 the, you know, I, the, the thing that I sense is that people just don't have that kind of 
equipping yet. You know, it goes back to Ephesians uh, 4, what we were just talking about. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, and that word in the Greek is uh, karatismos, and uh, it, it's kind of the same word as cardiac. Uh, they work on the heart of the matter, uh, but it's yes. also the same word for uh, resetting a broken bone uh, where something healed the wrong way that needs to be rebroken and reset properly. Right. And it's also chiropractic where, uh, you know, if your spine is out of alignment enough, uh, you, you can't do anything. Uh, but if you get right. it rightly aligned, then then you can uh, flow. And so that's the perfecting of the saints. And so yeah. I think the the church needs to uh, embrace the the prophets and the prophetic movement uh, on a whole new dimension now, a whole new level, so that we can really get some things done, even some things that we believe wrong, like that broken bone reset. I think there's some fresh order God's bringing to the church. Do you agree? Yeah, right. And, and, if you, and if you're going to accept the prophet Jesus, the prophet Jesus, the teacher, Jesus, the evangelist, then accept Jesus as the prophet and Jesus as the apostle. Yes. And, 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 and it's, it's interpretation. Let me give you one example. I help quite a few people. Um, I, in, in 1979, I bought some property and got a certain, you know, got a contract on it and was paying a certain amount. And I was believing for a $40,000 payment to come in. And if it didn't, I was going to lose the property. And so, I mean, I was praying, seeking God, crying out to God. And I traveled all year, preached around the country. And one place took an offer for 5000 But we were just making enough money to function as our, as our, as our ministry. And um, um, I came back and the, the payment came due and didn't have the money. They gave me 90 days. I didn't, couldn't get, didn't get the money. They gave me 30 days more. And then they took the property back. Oh, it was a it was one of those wonderful, horrible experiences you go through in God's process of trading. But anyhow, um, I, I had gone to this minister, a good friend of mine that was a real prophet, and I told him a prayer about this, offer, that offer I had to have it within a few days or it was gone. And he prophesied to me, and I have the prophecy yet. And he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to meet the greatest desire of your heart. To deny you would be to deny myself. You're an extension of me. And I remember several of those words given. And I was thinking $40,000. I'm sure uh, I'd mentioned it to him. He might have had that in his mind too. But the time came and went, and that $40,000 did not come in. And I was praying later, and I said, Now, Lord, I, the prophet prophesied that you was going to meet my need. And my need at that time, as I was telling you, was $40,000. But you didn't meet that need. You see, if you're going to be pro- promote something and propagate something, you're going to be tested on it yourself. But the husbandman must be first partakers of the fruit. And so I was just fussing at the Lord. And he says, um, Bill Hammond, I did meet your need. I said, no, you didn't. I lost the property. You didn't meet my need. He says, go back and read the property, prophecy. So I always have people write out their prophecies. I write out my prophecies. I went back and read it. He said, what does it say anything about me giving you $40,000? I said, does not, but that's what I was believing, boy. I know what you were believing, boy, but I said I'd meet your greatest need. Well, to make a wrong story short, my daughter was in Bible college, and she got uh, sometime uh, um, where she was just fainting, and uh, one of four girls living in one apartment that weren't eating right, and uh, I forget what all the problem was, but uh, she called and she asked me, she said, Dad, is there a God? Now, when your daughter calls from Bible college and asks, is there a God, <laughs> you know, something's wrong. So uh, I talked to her a while, and I was going to put out, you got to finish out. It's only March. You just only got a couple months to finish out your schooling. But the Lord said, your daughter's dying. Get her home. So I said, get your pet packed. I'll have a ticket for you there. And next morning, she was home. And we had to feed her every uh, two hours for weeks to get her body back in shape and get her back emotionally and spiritually and ever otherwise. And, uh, and the Lord said, which is the most dearest thing to you, your daughter or that property? I said, well, my daughter. He said, well, you were concerned about $40,000, which I was going to use as a test uh, to prove you and develop some things in you. He said, well, you were concerned about that. I saw your greatest need for your daughter's life. She was on the verge of mentally, emotionally, spiritually, falling apart and, and dying possibly physically if you didn't get her out of that situation. 
So sometimes, see, we think one thing. See, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. And sometimes I've seen what you thought God failed you in. He just had something better and greater that he's working on. So as I said, I've received over 3,000 personal prophecies from other people during these last 60 some odd years. And I've only had about 1% I had to throw out that somebody was just in their flesh or trying to straighten me out doctrinally and they jumped up or wrote me a letter, a uh, prophecy and said, thus saith the Lord. And I, I, get a, I get a few of those weird kind of prophecies once in a while. I just throw them away. But all the rest of them, I'd say 98%, 98% of prophecies I've received was accurate uh, according to the word of God, balance. And to me, uh, some of them were covered years later, two or three, five, ten. Some things I received in prophecy in 1953 didn't come to pass till I was in my 50s. So there's a time wow. element. There's so much. I mean, there's about 10 or 12 things that you have to consider in a personal prophecy. Wow. Well, Bishop, that's, that's uh, first of all, an amazing story. and uh, <laughs> But that kind of sheds a whole lot of light on what's going on nationally. And, uh, yeah. you know, I believe nothing is over until God says it's over. And even though, right. uh, you know, some people prophesied, uh, you know, uh, President Trump would uh, be president for four more years, uh you know, God can be doing something different and that thing still work right. out. Uh, but God do something in the meantime, like he did in your life and like he did with uh, people in Nineveh. Uh, you know, God had a bigger plan and a bigger uh, agenda that he was working through. And so with that being said, uh, I don't believe the prophets missed it. I believe that there's more to this than uh, maybe what we understand or can figure out at the moment. Uh, but what do you hear the Lord saying for the future of America? Well, you know, Marty, I've uh, during 2021, I was on the Zoom. I couldn't travel by plane, but I Zoomed around the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, I, um, I talked to probably at least 100 prophets from many nations and different places. And every one of us has the same sensing. We're on the verge of the greatest move of God that the world has ever known. Now, I'm a church historian. I wrote the book on the eternal church and covered every, every restoration movement that's happened over the last 2000 years, especially during the restoration movement of the last 500 years. So when I, when I say the greatest move of God ever recorded in church history, it's like going to be like a tidal wave of a thousand feet sweeping through the earth and certain areas are just going to sweep in tremendously. And it's going to be like all the restoration movements rolled up in one hitting the earth at one time. And it's starting now. It is beginning to grow. And we're going to see the glory of the Lord fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so all of them in agreement, the greatest days of the church are ahead of us. And then you can get all wrapped up about the government or about a COVID or about pandemics. Jesus said, when, they, when the disciples asked him, Lord, what's a sign of your coming? And how will we know when the end is near? And he said, well, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be pandemics. Uh, there'll be famines. There'll be earthquakes. You'll get persecuted. You'll be falsely accused and all of that. But he said, this is not the end. These are only the birth pains of what's coming. In other words, that's the birth pains we're going through for the birthing of the kingdom of God that's about to be manifest on planet Earth. And God's raised up kingdom demonstrators, kingdom influencers in this new third reformation that we entered into in 2008. And I tell you, I, I'm excited. I, I, I don't worry. You know, somebody's oh, you're you're called the father of the prophetic movement. Weren't you shook up and nervous or worried about what was going on in 2021? I said, no, the Lord told me this is happening to be a purging. It's going to purge the prophetic. And uh, those that uh, are, are prophesying out of order or uh, with the presumptuous or any other are going to be challenged and checked out. And it was getting the, the prophet was getting in on, on YouTube, places that's not been taught or trained, getting a little weird way out. And so God had to put a check on it somehow or another. But the true prophets 
are coming forth like never before. I'm telling you, I've been in this for 60 years, and there's more interest, there's more activity, there's more desire for the prophetic right now than has ever been uh, in all of our 60 years of training, equipping, and activating people in the prophetic. I'm excited about the prophetic. Jesus is excited about the prophetic because there's a company of prophets preparing the way and making ready of people that'll bring him back like it was for Jesus, for Jesus to come the first time. And when John the Baptist was there, he was preparing the way for the Jesus to be manifest on the earth. Well, the company of prophets are preparing the way right now and bringing revelation, bringing fulfillment, and bringing release of the glory that will cause all nations to become sheep or goat nations and prepare the way for Jesus to be manifest as a mighty God, as the King of kings, of Lord of lords. He's not coming back to be beat up to be crucified and how he crucified once forever and now he's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords and he's excited about coming back and he wants to come back but he can't until acts 321 says he's held in the heavens until until you spanish folks say hasta until the restoration of all things which god has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began i ask people do you believe jesus coming again yes do you believe he wants to come yes is jesus god yes jesus is god and he wants to come again and god can do about anything he wants then why hasn't he come because it says he's held in the heavens until read Acts 3:21, and the prophets are bringing revelation. And I bring in Acts and Revelation 10:7. It says the trumpet will sound uh, by the seventh angel, and he will release the anointing for all <coughs> mysteries to be revealed. And the prophets will reveal the last secret purposes of God that are being fulfilled, and they will be fulfilled. And when that is all taken place, then it says in Revelation 11:15, the kingdoms of this world. Well, by that time, I become the kingdoms of our Lord Jesus and his anointed one, the church. Oh, these are exciting days. And thank God for the prophets and apostles that are alive, showing us a way and letting us know what God's saying. Like you said, God does nothing on the earth unless he has a prophet speak. You find prophecy from the Garden of Eden until the last chapter of the book of Revelation. Always been prophets and prophecy. And God started prophesying to Adam and Eve and the serpent and in the garden. And then in chapter 22, six times prophecy has mentioned. So hallelujah, it's alive and we're going to produce it. We're going to raise up people for it and keep moving forward. Amen. That's awesome, Bishop. I wholeheartedly agree. I think, uh, you know, one of the visions that the Lord showed me was our nation uh, filled the streets filled with people worshiping the Lord and celebrating. Yeah. And, and uh, I believe there's a great move of God about uh, uh, about to explode. And uh, I, I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, God doesn't have a, um, you know, one nation that he uh, considers the most important. Uh, but I think America is important in the, in the end times. And, uh, and the Lord showed me that we wouldn't become a communist nation, uh, but that yeah. there would be a great awakening and a great reformation uh, that would begin in the United States of America. And, and particularly, I saw like a, a, a bonanza map, uh, like an old map, and there was a spark and then a fire uh, that began in Nashville. And, uh, and it began to burn throughout the nation. Now, whether that was a personal word to me or a, uh, a, a, a national word uh, remains to be seen. But I believe that's what God is doing right now. And, uh, you know, the church we're, is ready for more. We're still declaring a miracle shall be saved. And Amen. every preacher should battle for their nation. I, I, I know God, America is supposed to be a sheep nation. Now, right now we're teeter-tottering. Sometimes we're bad, sometimes we're <laughs> sometimes we're goatish, sometimes we're sheepish. But uh, uh, I tell you, it's a church has to rise. We can't depend on the government. We can't depend upon politics. We can't depend on the economy. We got to depend on God, His angels, the church. And when we arise, it's going to spread through the earth. And when righteousness rules the land, God's glory will come. You know, when I was praying this morning and uh, just spending time with the Lord, uh, the Lord brought me back to that. Uh, story in second kings where uh elisha uh on his deathbed gets out of his deathbed and he goes to uh the king and puts his hands on the king's hands and shoots the arrow out the window and uh what the yeah. lord showed showed me in that was uh that prophets are supposed to have their hands on government uh 
he represented the government. And, uh, you know, prophets and apostles, I should say, are supposed to have a hand in the government and, and, and help steady some things. And I think that uh, it's time for uh, prophets and apostles to awaken to part of their call is government. And, uh, you know, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms yeah. of our Lord and of his Christ. And so uh, part of that is the, the kingdom of government. And uh, so, uh, what what do you what do you think about that uh, in, well, in twenty twenty two? Well, King David was a man after God's own heart. And yes. he had two full time prophets on his staff, mm. and they and they gave him the word and they checked. And remember uh, when the, when Joshua or any of them uh, were going, they always called the priest with the. Uh, human and human, which is the type of the prophet nowadays. We don't have still have the human human and just check to see what God said and what they should do. Shall we go? Shall we not? Will you give us a victory? I mean, and then they went to prophets. Uh, many times you find several places where they went to the prophet. Uh, will I succeed? Will, will God be with us? What shall we do? Uh, David asked the Lord, Lord, uh, shall we go chase after these people that destroyed uh, Ziglag here and took all of our family and goods? And, uh, and then they brought out the human and human and how he did it. it it's always still a little mystery. And uh, and they said, yes, pursue, attack, and take back, and you will recover all. And so yeah. we, we need the word of the Lord. I mean, I prophesied to kings and nations and peoples, and everybody wants to hear what God has to say. Yeah, I, people do. I agree. You know, I and the Lord has opened great doors like that uh, in our lives as well. And, uh, and uh, but one of the things I hear uh, the Lord saying is, is I, I heard the Lord say, America, the beautiful shall be one. And uh, there's so much disunity being uh, pushed and, and peddled right now. I believe it's an overplaying of the enemy's hands and there's going to be a greater unity uh, by the spirit of God, just like there was on the day of Pentecost. I think the yeah. spirit of God is going to come in like a mighty rushing wind again, like a great tsunami and uh, just wipe out what the enemy has done and unify the church again. And um, the I've, church, the church has realized I, when I go to the nations, I tell you, you the church are the determining factor how your mm, nation goes. Yes, we the church are the determining factor which way the church, which the church didn't hasn't risen to be the church like God wants us to be. The mm. the, the, the the you know the. Uh, um, one that the the army type church, the victorious church, the revelation church, the power church, mm-hmm. and and the, as the church comes to unity and all agree together and battle and pray and believe, we transform the nation, and we get mm-hmm. godly leaders in, and then godly people. But the leaders can't do it themselves. Yeah. Even Jesus Christ Himself, if He was president of the United States right now, couldn't solve the problem without people cooperating. And without yeah. passing laws and governments and all, and so it's going to take Jesus Christ. So I just tell the church, we're going to vote right and believe right for the right right man in there can make a big difference. Because when the righteous reign, there's peace. But when the people wicked or you know others, it's not so good. So, but we can't fuss about the government. We got to believe for ourselves. We're the we're the mm-hmm. we're the biggest problem and the biggest hope. Uh, <laughs> I, the church. That's awesome. You know, yeah. I. One of the other things that I sensed the Lord was saying was around April or May that we would see a supernatural intervention from God and a turnaround happening in America. I mean, do you sense anything around April or May or of 2022? Well, from my October conference, uh, I was asking the Lord, what shall I preach to my people? And, you know, we, we had our 34th or 35th International Gathering of Apostles and Prophets. And I've heard the Lord speak to me real distinctly. I don't get that very often, but very distinctly. He says, tell my people I'm coming to settle accounts between for the next six months, which would be October through April. Mm. And he says, then he gave me the example of the story he gave in Matthew 25, where the master went away, the businessman, and he called his employees together. And to one he gave, he said he evaluated his ability. And the, and the living translation says he gave him 5,000 coins. Mm. And the next one checked him out and said, you can, you can handle 2,000 coin, gold coins. And the other one, he said, I, he gave him 1,000. And he took his journey. And it's gone for a long time. It's a type of Jesus giving us gifts of the Spirit and giving an eternal life gift, like gift of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, and took us, go to heaven and says, now, 
profit and bless and multiply and increase. Well, he comes back and he calls a guy that's got five together, says, how, 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 give me an accounting. He said, look at my books here. I, I almost went bankrupt here, but I joined way up here. It's kind of like you see this chart to show you on stock up and down. But it says, here, here I am right now. I got 5,000 more. I'll give you 10. I got 10,000 coins on the book. Next one came, said thing. Now I've got 2,000 on the books. I, I, I increased. Then the man had one. He came and said, and the Bible said he came to settle accounts. I was working out that word, settle accounts in the, mm -hmm. in the New King James. And he said, okay, give me accounting. He said, well, master, I knew that you demanded to make a profit. And man, you, you expected exactness. And um, I knew you were a hard man. You, you, you're, you're, you're a shrewd businessman. I, I was afraid. Uh, and I, I took your money and I put it in the ground. And here I dug it back up. Here it is exactly what you gave me. No more, no less. And let me tell you, if you think you can live for God most of your life and not increase or change for 10 to 15 years, and you're going to, God's going to be happy because you're just like the way you were 20 years ago. No, no, no. The Bible says the master was very upset. He was angry with it. He said, if you thought I was a hard man and I expected a profit, why didn't you at least put my money in the bank, not bury it in the ground? I could draw interest on it. And then that has something to improve. But you, and then there's about six words, different translation here, lazy, unfaithful, good for nothing, unprofitable, wicked, you know, you know, servant. I mean, he was a servant. He was a charismatic, prophetic, apostolic, present truth person. And he said, take that, take that money that he had and give it to the God's got 10. Mm. At the end of the six months, God's checking us out. Those that have not used what they have been given from God are going to be taken from them and given to those that are using. And those that are using and pressing in, seeking to be and do and fulfill all God's given them to do, God's going to release the glory. Because he said this, it says in Matthew, he's going to cut the work short in righteousness. He's going to do a quick work upon the earth. And God says, I've got a work to do in the next few years, and it's got to be done quickly. And I don't have time to give my glory and power to somebody that is that I don't know whether they're going to use it or not. They haven't proved they used it before, and I don't want them to just drag it out forever. I want somebody who's going to take it, go with it. They're going to demonstrate it. They're going to be it and do it. And it says, and they will be my glory demonstrators. And so in April, I know in April, there's going to be a lot in heaven. There's going to be a lot of check it off and appointing. There's going to be a lot of things going. So it's going to it's going to affect the world, affect the church, because that's going to be caught a traumatic, dramatic time in the heavenlies. It's going to affect the earthly. So I don't. Uh, when I gave that, somebody told me Chuck Pierce said that there was going to be a definite something happened in April. And uh, like a war was going to begin, not necessarily a literal war, but uh, and there's something. But so there's something cooking in the heavenlies and something in God's time cable around April that's going to be quite interesting. So I'm looking forward to see. But I'm searching my heart, searching my mind. I want to make sure if I've got five, I want to be using all five, not three or two or one. So let me encourage every one of you. You better do what Paul says in First Timothy 1, 6, stir up the gift of God. I mean, um, yeah, stir, the, stir up the gift of God which is in you. For God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. So let me challenge you. Let me charge you. Stir up the gift of God. Get before God. Say, God, I want to be. I want to do all you've called me to do. I want to use everything you've given me. You've got the gift of eternal life. Use it. It's a quality of life, not just a not just the length of life. It's length of life, eternity. But it's also a way of the real. But the life of Christ we've made manifest in mortal flesh. And then you got the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason I wrote the book on 70 reasons for speaking in tongues. It's the greatest gift heaven could, Jesus could give after to the individual Christian that the Holy Spirit's gift. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit's gift of your own spirit language. And then you have the gifts of the Spirit. So stir yourself up, get activated, get trained, get equipped. God's looking for a church that he can use to demonstrate his glory because he's going to cause the glory to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. I want to be an instrument, and I know you do too. God bless you. Boy, that's awesome, Bishop. I, you know, uh, I had some notes written, and you just you just said every bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, uh, people need to get 
more information, more plugged into what you're doing at Christian International, uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you, and especially buy those books? Uh, you can go Christian International, uh, not, uh, well, there's a comma or dot com, ChristianInternational.com, and you can see on there, it'll get show you go to all my books, all 15 of my books are on there. Also, you can get them from uh, uh, all your ebook places like uh, uh, Amazon, uh, different places. They're they're most all on the Amazon, except the this new one here. I don't know whether that's on there yet or not. It is on there. Well, my e-man says it's on there. So, but if you want to be prophetic, get 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 these books. If you've never read this one, oh, yeah, there is this. Yeah, <laughs> probably a burst of prophecy. Uh, that's the first one I wrote, and then the one on prophetic movement, and then I redid this one and updated it, upgraded it, and. They told me I took my picture with my gold suit, so it's got to be anointed. <laughs> Amen. This this will cover everything, just about everything you need to know about the prophetic. I bless you. That's awesome, Bishop. Will you uh, do me a favor? I could do this for for hours and hours with you, and sometimes we do on the phone. But uh, <clears throat> would you uh, uh, would you come back and do this again with us sometime soon, so that we can cover even some more things? I believe it's so. Sure. Hey. Anytime I'm free and we get together, we'll do it. I love you. I'm dedicated to help you fulfill your destiny like I am my other sons and daughters in the Lord. And so we want, and we want the church to come forth. Jesus wants to come back, but Amen. he's got to have a church ready. Amen. Right. Well, Bishop, just take a minute and speak a blessing over our audience before you go, and, okay. uh, and we'll just receive it. Amen? All right. Amen. Father God, right now, as Apostle Paul prayed for the Ephesians in Ephesians 1, 17, 18, let the spirit of wisdom and revelation rest upon each one, he said, so they may know their calling and understand you know, what your great inheritance is in them. And as it says in verse 20, what is the exceeding greatness of the power made available to us who believe. And Lord, you gave the power of the Holy Spirit to us. You got, you got, we have the Holy Spirit in us. You did everything by the Holy Spirit. I release the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I impart the desire to be effective and productive for God. I let your, let that flame flame up and may you be consumed with the zeal of the Lord because Isaiah prophesied the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform it. If you've been lackadaisical, confused, uh, shake yourself, lose yourself, get pray in tongues, shout, rejoice in the Lord, get in the word and get forward, shake off everything would hinder. And let's go forward because God's raising up an army. God's raising up a militant, victorious, overcoming church that he's going to use to finalize promises and fulfill with it. And I release you to be have that destiny, find your place, and don't let anybody take your crown. Move forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Bishop. We're so yeah. privileged that you're here with yeah. us, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Okay. God bless you, and we expect great things. We'll be working with you all the way down the line. Amen. Thank you. All right. Bless you. Awesome. You know, I'm just so grateful for uh, fathers in the Lord. You know, just especially uh, his expertise and level of ministry. It's, you know, he just gave such strong spiritual meat. You know, it's very inspiring. And, uh, you know, I want to encourage you with what Bishop Hammond just said. By faith and patience, we receive God's prophetic promises fulfilled. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. And though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come and it will not tarry. You know, um, the probably one of the most controversial things right now is uh, the President Trump prophecies. And, uh, you know, I still believe God is at work and God is working some things out. And, and like we just discussed, uh, prophecy is uh, partial. Uh, it's conditional, but it's also progressive. And sometimes there's things that, uh, like with Nineveh, uh, there's things that God will do uh, that brings uh, a different alignment and a different order to things. And uh, actually, that word did come to pass that uh, Jonah prophesied, but it came to came to pass years later. And, uh, and so, though the vision is for an appointed time, 
uh, wait for it. Uh, it. In the end, it shall speak and not lie. And uh, if God said it was going to come to pass, God is not a man that he would lie. Uh, his words will not return to him void of fulfillment, but they'll accomplish what they were sent to accomplish and prosper the one they, that he sent it to. Amen. And so <clears throat> when God makes a prophetic promise, he's faithful to fulfill it. Second Corinthians one twenty says, for all the promises of God are yes, and in him, amen, uh, under the glory of God by us. It's interesting, right? Uh, I want to thank you for standing with us here at Speak Life. Thank you for those who have sown into this ministry and the propagating of the prophetic ministry. Uh, if you desire to sow a seed to help us continue to release the word of the Lord to the nations, uh, you know you can do that by texting any amount to the number 84321. Uh, that's 84321. And uh, if you prefer to mail in an, an offering or a gift, you can do that by mailing it to Speak Life, uh, care of Marty Layton, P.O. Box 1822, Hendersonville, Tennessee, 37077. You know, I also want to take a moment and reintroduce you uh, to one of my sponsors, which is Mike Lindell and My Pillow. If you're like me, you don't have a lot of downtime. And uh, when it's time to go to sleep and get your rest, comfort is key. You know, I struggled with that for a long time until I got my very own my pillow. Uh, and it really was that simple. I'm sure all of you know because Mike Lindell is a patriot and uh, taking a stand for America the Beautiful, uh, that cancel culture has tried to cancel him. And now they don't have their box stores, they don't have their shopping channels. And uh, so MyPillow wants to pass the savings on to you, my audience. And so if you act now, uh, you can get the lowest price in the history of MyPillow. Uh, for example, uh, the classic MyPillow, it, you know, it's made in the USA. It's backed by a 10-year warranty. It's regularly $69.98. That's what the price would have been in the box stores. Uh, but for my listeners, it's now only $19.98. That's less than $20, uh, but you have to use the promo code MARTY, M-A-R-T-Y, my first name. And so they also have the queen size, which is regularly uh, $79.98. Now you can get it for $24.99 with the promo code. Uh, or the king, it's regularly $89.98, now it's only $29.98 with the promo code MARTY. And, uh, you know, while you're there, check out some of their super soft absorbent towels, uh, I love the MyPillow towels that we have and uh, the Giza Dream Sheets. And, uh, you know, I, I love our, the new MyPillow slippers. They have like five layers of, of uh, cushion in them. It's very comfortable. Uh, you know, and on their website, they have about 200 products available. Everything from sleepwear uh, to the new MyPillow bed. Uh, and if you use the promo code MARTY, you're guaranteed the lowest price possible. So all you have to do is go to MyPillow.com and use my name, Marty, as your promo code. Or if you prefer to call, you can call them at 800-859-2938 and tell them Marty Layton sent you. And when you do that for a limited time, they're going to throw in a free gift to you. Amen. That's 800-859-2938. Or you can go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Marty. But support Speak Life, the Speak Life show, and support the patriotic work of Mike Lindell. Amen. He, he's a, a lover of this nation, just like you and I. Listen, the enemy is at war with the church. And part of the Great Awakening is the church waking up to the battle that we are in right now. Don't listen any longer to the defeatist propaganda being peddled by these false prophets in the news media. Mark my words, these giants are about to fall. False prophets are about to be silenced. And cancel culture is about to be canceled by the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord of hosts, uh, Yeshua, Yahweh Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the King of glory. I want to thank you for tuning in to Speak Life. And I want to invite you to join us next week with more great ministry and conversations, uh, with insights from some of today's prof prophetic leaders and cutting-edge uh, uh, leaders in the body of Christ. Some revelation that I know you're going to love. It's coming. And uh, please take a second and subscribe to the Speak Life podcast. 
And if you enjoyed this and you were blessed by this ministry, please leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on social media by following at Marty Layton. You can find me everywhere. Uh, You can also watch the show live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, and we're expanding to even more platforms. So thank you for telling others about the Speak Life show and help us to reach more people with this prophetic ministry. You can find the podcast also on iTunes, Spotify, Charisma Podcast Network, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. So thank you again, and remember to keep your spiritual eyes and ears open because God is always talking to you, and we'll see you next week. God bless. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Speak Life with Marty Layton. Please help us spread hope and share this podcast with a friend. Join us again as we speak life into our world.